Good times, good times my fellow humans. If it is not good, then it's about to get better. Welcome to the Be Different podcast. My name is Nekesa Ochieng and I am glad to have you here. Yes, I was paying school fees. I was doing everything. I was providing everything that my daughter needed financially or you know other resources. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't present. So, um I I I remember one of my my bosses at that time asking me a question. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy and he asked me, "Why don't you live with your daughter? What 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 is the problem? Why don't you live with your daughter?" I was like, "Oh, you know, it's like those are all excuses." <laughs> You need you're working. Yeah. You're you're gonna be able I mean you're already providing for this child anyway. Mm. The responsibility. But then if you can look at it from where this started, I just wasn't ready, you know. You've never been a mother. No. Let's just say that. No. Until that point. Until that point. And support. Mm. Almost taking advantage of it to continue living my best life with God. The, the, what I thought was mm-hmm. my best life. So I was like, you know what? This is a valid point. It hurt to hear that question. It really, really hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, are you trying to say? And I got very defensive. Mm-hmm. And he was my boss, but he was also my friend. Mm-hmm. And he told me no. In fact, he used very heavy words. He's like, get your shit together. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. I was like, yeah. So, and I already had everything in place in Oh my daughter, you remember she used to come over the weekend and long over the holidays. I'm like, what kind of parenting is that? Yeah. Shame on you, Janice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so then she did then come to live with me yeah. when she was about seven, I don't know, seven, eight. Yeah. yeah, eight. And now that's when I was like, oh yeah, I'm a parent. This is my responsibility. Um and so since then it's just been the two of us, right? And now during that time is when, because the weight of it, I had so much guilt for not being present. Mm. I look at pictures, some of them in which you're in, yeah. I look at pictures from way back mm. and I'm like, where was I? The only pictures I see myself in were during birthdays and stuff like that when we bring all these kids yeah. together. I'm like, where am I? I'm not, I don't have pictures, very few pictures of me and my daughter in those years. So I had this guilt and I have worked since then to compensate and make up for that lost time. I was very intentional. We are not going to have help in the house. It's just going to be the two of us. We'll figure out our routine. Um, she goes to school, you know, when she comes back, she does certain things for herself, you know, that she would um, fix something to, or Basic. something to eat. Yeah. She'd wipe her shoes, polish her shoes, yeah. she'd shower. She'd even iron her, her uniform for the following day. Yeah. Then I'd come home. So we developed sort of a routine, mm-hmm. and it, and then our bond started developing and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlotte's life, yeah. amazing child. Um, <laughs> so much so responsible. So, oh man, it's when I think that's about the, it. That's the other thing I think I find interesting. She's not the only one that. For the few that I, I have observed, mothers who get children early, for some reason, it's like God just gives you a gift. That child can is like so mature, can 
see things, understand things on levels that you can't compare with children of the same age. Yeah. In 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 a two parent family. Yes. That's yes. true. And I think part of it also has to do with um, most of the time it's just the child and the and the mother and the parent, right? It's just the child and the parent. So whatever you're going, you will go with your child. So if you're going to hang out with your girlfriends, that child is there. I mean, it's a good thing, and sometimes it also has its disadvantages because then if you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, your child is watching and learning and observing. But I've had, I have amazing friends who who have really nurtured her um, and taught her certain things, and 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 so when you see when you hear my daughter conversing with some of my friends mm. sometimes I look at her and I'm like this child I, mm-hmm. like it's amazing yeah. and God yeah, I mean, God just gives us grace um, and, and his favor just abounds in, mm. in, in more ways than we realize mm. so now when I then started being intentional about my parenting is when I also had to do a lot of introspection this I'm raising a young woman do I want her to run into the same pitfalls that I did? I don't. And I don't want anybody else's daughter to find themselves in that situation. So then everything around even what I did, the things that I took interest in, save and acquire, were around identifying opportunities to engage with, 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 um, with young girls, but also the youth in general. So I worked. Uh, I worked at Amber for a couple of years, mm. and there I had now that opportunity to do a lot of work around reproductive health issues and stuff like that. Um, and then getting to understand that some of the challenges that we face with with, with young with adolescents, for example, are not necessarily because they are making poor decisions. They are also system issues. You know, they're system issues. One thing, for example, yeah. that the government of Kenya has completely refused to have a conversation around is the issue of comprehensive sexuality education. That's the thing. That's that the thing. is, and yeah. you can't touch it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's sensitive because the church wants to speak into it. You can't teach our children about sex. You know, at the same time, you have the health service providers saying, we need to do this. We are getting younger and younger girls coming to the health facility, yeah. Yeah. either looking for contraception. Oh, and we can't provide them with contraception because they need parental consent yeah. because they're under the age. They're under age. Yeah. That's one barrier, right? Then at the same time, you have service providers saying we are getting so many young girls coming with botched abortions, you know, or girls that yeah. are bleeding yeah. because they tried to go because of the stigma associated with being pregnant yeah. or the lack of information yeah. on how to get the services. Yeah. They go to a there. You, you, you have a, a girl, 15 years old, yeah. you know, coming to hospital. Yeah. So you have to do all these things, post-abortion care and stuff like that. Some of these things scar these girls for life. Either you can't have a child, yeah. or you know you develop reproductive health. Um, if if you're fortunate not to get sepsis, you know, or an infection. Yeah. So there are system issues as well. And so on the flip, on, on one side, yes, you can sit with young girls and have conversations about them being able to make informed decisions yeah. and understanding um, what they can do differently 
so that they don't find themselves in that situation. So yes, we can do that. But then now there are system issues that need to be fixed. Um, and and I feel that it's important to try and do both, mm. you know. Mm. So I find myself now in a situation where I work for an amazing organization yeah, yeah. that invests in that kind of that kind of creating that environment. So yes, we'll have programs that engage young girls around the need, the importance of staying in school, yeah. completing their education, even girls who get pregnant to make sure that they are able to go back to school because that's the game changer. Mm-hmm. That's what changes lives. Um, but then on the same, on, on the flip side, you need people who are intentional about changing systems and changing the policy. And I get a chance to do that now. So yes, well, I'll speak, I'll speak to young girls about not accidentally get pregnant yeah. you know yeah. at the same time you're like okay in the event that girl decides she's not going to get pregnant she doesn't want to get pregnant mm-hmm. can she access contraception mm-hmm. um and what kind of environment is she accessing this contraception in um how can she you know ensure that she doesn't get other diseases or if she does get pregnant what kind of support mechanism does she have to actually go back to school um, and many of the challenges for these young girls, especially this group of girls I was talking to a couple of weeks ago, they say, I want to go back to school. I want to go back to school. But my biggest worry is, who's going to look after my child when I'm in school? You know? Wow. Child care has become a whole other... You know? Mm-hmm. So, and that girl is in a setting where the parents don't even barely have enough resources to look after their own children mm-hmm. your own child yeah. then you want to go back to school mm-hmm. I, have, I, have, I have another mouth to feed and there's nobody here during the day to look after your child so probably there's a cost for daycare for the child so that the mom can go back to school mm-hmm. and of course there's school fees for the mother mm-hmm. and all the other needs mm-hmm. and so many, many a times you'll find that these young girls have an intention an interest to go back to school but the environment in which they're living doesn't allow for that so um, that's why um, like I'm trying to put together a group of people who'd be interested in, in kind of providing that resource because the, this group of girls many of them are interested but the set the resource setting does not allow for that and unless this girl comes goes back to school there's no breaking this the, 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 the cycle that's the cycle yeah so being able to do that um in terms of that direct support to the girl is important having those conversations encouraging them and and telling them you know this is not the end you know yes it seems difficult right now but this with the kind of support that you need and it has to be financial it has to be emotional as well yeah. and the emotional bit I have carried self-esteem issues and those yeah. words that were said to me yeah. or I had mm-hmm. you know mm. this not people discussing yeah. I was like never gonna be good enough for another man for a man for example to want to make me a wife for a single mother what do you mean and I hear I continue hearing this conversation and the other thing, what's interesting is that I hear some some young girls saying, I don't need a man, mm. I just want a baby. And I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm. That's a di- you're doing your child a disservice. Mm-hmm. You want to raise intentionally. 
raise a child on your own, deny them the the, the opportunity to be loved by a father. What kind of what kind of child are you going to be raising? You know. So here, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a fad. I think it's it's like a fad right now. Yeah, you're it's a like financially a independent mm-hmm, woman. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I don't need, I don't need, but I just need a child. But I also feel like it's a coping mechanism. For these self-esteem issues, we do not know them, but I usually feel like it's like you know the what are they called? Defense mechanisms mm. for so many things that are going on that you do that you maybe are not aware or that you haven't dealt with. So you keep just spewing these remarks or thoughts or it's yeah. just like a season you're yeah. going through. Yeah. And you'll get to a point and you have to like really be aware of yourself what you've gone through as a child and just deal and then now you'll get to that space where like oh oh this is how yeah. a healthy society looks like and this is how a healthy me yes looks like mm-hmm. like for, for my working on my self-esteem issues mm-hmm. um what why i i got to a space where i was like i have to deal with this and i actually then was able to identify what the problem was because I got. I used to get myself in ridiculous, ridiculous relationships. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> because, Yanni, <laughs> in my head, I have told myself my belief yeah. was that you need to take what you can get. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. you need to take what you can get because you're not good enough. Yeah. You're walking with I mean, that narrative yeah. in your head. It's a narrative, and mm. and it was so ingrained in me mm. that even I didn't realize. That it's the reason why I did things the way I did them. So I mean, you get into a relationship with somebody, and it is unhealthy. It is a toxic one. But because this person has taken an interest or a liking in my daughter, I'm like, going a kwamanae. At what cost, you know? Or somebody who's like, oh, here is. I mean, you can all, you'll always appreciate getting a little bit extra money here and there. So somebody will come and like, oh, I'm taking care of school fees for 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 this term. This is the person I want to be with. But so just because they are they're meeting that particular one one need yeah. that validates mm-hmm. how I feel about myself being a single mother, and I'm like I'll put up with everything else. Yes. So relationship after relationship. Mm. Some of them not lasting very long, but then with each relationship that ends, you're left with that, that scar. It, eh? it's 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 crutched. You, you you extend the scar. Yeah. I got to a point where um, in 2019, in 2019, mm-hmm. I was so emotionally damaged. So emotionally damaged. Yeah. I went into depression. I went into depression in 2019 because I think th- so. This one relationship I was in at that time yeah. came to a very ugly end, a very messy end, and I was like, I am done. Like I, my heart, my I couldn't focus. Um, I couldn't sleep. So I'd wake up in the morning. Yeah. And I'd have short tequila. Oh, in the morning. Yeah. 
Remember, I haven't slept because I need to jump start my system, right? I haven't slept. Okay, now I'm good. Now I'm recharged. Now I can get on with my day. And then I noticed that now that had become a trend. And I remember one morning getting to work, sitting in the car, and crying. I remember it was a Monday. And I just, I was like, I can't. I can't go into the office. I am, I can't. I used to work on Langata Road. Mm. Uh, just went to Amani. Mm. Just went to say, I think I have a problem and I need help. So um, the counselor, one of the counselors, did this evaluation, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, mm. you do have a problem, but you know what we're gonna do? Mm. I'm gonna refer you to so it's just a counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna refer you to a clinical psychologist. Then you go and have a conversation, and then let's." She was like, I think it might be depressed, but let me send you to someone else. So that day, mm-hmm. actually just with the day out. So I went. So she did the series of tests and everything. And you know, then she kind of explained to me what happens here. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, for example, somebody's put on, on, on medication for depression is because you need to balance your your what are they called? Those it's a, it's a hormonal issue okay. that then you have extreme highs and extreme lows. Yeah. It's, it's a hormonal mm-hmm. imbalance, you know, chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're given medication because you need to get your 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 brain to the kind of to balance those levels so that then you can deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. So and I, and, and I think you know, when, when you told your friend about about yeah, yeah. medication, yeah. you don't take medication. Like she told me, I'm gonna put you on medication for six weeks. Let's see if your mood, number one, improves. As you do that, continue with counseling so that you can walk through the issues that got you in this space. And I did that. And after six weeks, she was like, yeah, you're good. You're good. I can tell you're, you're, you're in a better space. And that changed. My mood changed. I was able to sleep. Then as you continue doing counseling and everything. So I did counseling for a couple of weeks. And an aunt. How hard was that? I used to sit I in those sessions imagine. and just cry. <laughs> I used to cry. <laughs> I can imagine. And one thing that it. kept coming up was my daughter. Yeah. It kept coming up. It kept coming up. Yeah. Um, so, even telling, even saying, but that's what I like. Just own your story, you know. Mm-hmm. Because nobody can. You're the authority in your life, you know. And you've been through it. You've and lived you've it, it mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think people are afraid to say, I'm going through counseling mm-hmm. or I'm in therapy oh, yeah. because of what the perception is. I'm like, I am in therapy and I know I need therapy. And this is why it's important. So being able to accept that. You own your story. Mm-hmm. Nobody can. I'm like, yeah, it's not a lie. I am in therapy. And you had to go through the healing for yourself. Yeah. It, I had to do it there and I had to ask myself such difficult questions. Yeah. Then there's this program, ESA. Mm-hmm. I actually did ESA. Yeah. Um, so, so I dealt with, with my emotional, some of my emotional baggage mm-hmm. through therapy. Okay. Um, and being able to understand where this is coming from and the genesis. And then there's a fact that also now, the, I used to ask myself, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like why? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this alone? 
and being able to navigate that and be okay with the fact that my daughter's father is this this indifferent most of the time so that's that one part but then now there's the other issue around my spirituality because for you to be a whole human being there's an emotional there's a spiritual there's a physical there's an intellectual and you need to deal with all those issues so then I had to get onto a spiritual journey to be able to address address my issues holistically so I did Elsa now Elsa also now opened up my eyes into some of these things and that's now when I understood my problem because then you do this um, um, it's like a I've had a, I've had uh, I've had about it. It's like um, it's like alabaster. I think alabaster oh. is more feminine than Ezra. Yeah. But yeah. now this one is founded on biblical teaching yeah. Yeah. and the word of God. Mm. So we did this exercise where it's called going to the basement. Mm-hmm. So you think of your life mm. as as you know like a think about it like an iceberg, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you you split your iceberg into two. So you have what is on the surface. What you have on the surface mm-hmm. is your actions or behaviors, certain things that you do. Mm-hmm. So um, I tend to, so you say, for example, I am overly emotional or I get angry very fast or I'm, you know, quick to anger, mm-hmm. da, da, da. So that's, that's, the, that's the emotion. Mm-hmm. But the next level is what drives that emotion. You have to point it out to yourself. Yeah. So you ask yourself, what drives me to, mm-hmm. to act like this? And you drill down, you drill down, you drill down. At the bottom here is what your belief system is. What you believe about yourself. That causes you to do all the other things. Although it's not And that's when I drill down. backwards to accommodate people because I want them to want me. Mm-hmm. I want them to like me. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And you want them to stay also? Yeah. I want them to stay. I don't want them to leave me. I don't want yeah. I want I want to endear myself to them at whatever cost. So I realized there. So define that. Put that in our heart. Lack of self-esteem mm-hmm. because I am insecure. Mm. I've been insecure since I was 19. Wow. Since I got pregnant. And everything I have done mm. has been from that perspective of insecurity. So then now on this other side of the diagram, mm. you're like the foundation. What does God say? Yeah. Then now work up. So what does God say about you? Mm. That you're loved, you're, you're my you're my child and I love you and you know. And therefore, because God says that about me, what do I say about myself mm-hmm. with that knowledge in mind? Mm-hmm. That I am, I am, I am enough. Mm-hmm. That I am loved, and I have an opportunity to share the, all this goodness mm-hmm. with the world. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what does that mean? How do I need to behave? What are the things I need to do? And so now you build up this other phase, this other side, 
and that's where I'm at right now. That's that's the space I'm in. I am. I mean, it's still work in progress. But I'm like, I wish, I wish young women could do that because it will save us so much anguish, so much heartache. It would stop you from in your tracks from making certain decisions, even about where you work, mm-hmm. about the kind of people you associate yourself with, your habits, you know, your lifestyle choices. Yeah. It's life changing. It's yeah. life changing. So being able to work on those things at a very personal level, mm. but at the same time being able to work with others, you know, mm. bring all these things together mm. is is now my life purpose. Like I have never been so certain. That's the thing, you know, about so about your life purpose. But it had to come from that point of pain. And wow, must must have been a lot. You had to be stopped by depression. Oh, you Lord. in your tracks. God was like, I'm gonna deal with you. And I'm gonna deal with you. It's gonna be you know sometimes and I, I can't there's a there's a there's a phrase. Yeah. But sometimes you you know that you should be doing things different. Mm-hmm. Like you know it. Mm-hmm. But it will only be the only thing that will compel you. To get to that space, it's probably going to be something tragic or something yeah. costly. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and you can. But I wish you asked us though. What? You were this. You were this beautiful. For me, you were like our Beyonce. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Used to wear these shoes and these two dresses, and I'm like, oh my God, Janet! And you had this. Whether you had it or not. As we know you had, we didn't have money. money. <laughs> faking, faking it, faking it till we made it. That's what we did. But at the end of the day, we used to like you're so beautiful. Oh my God, that one, that one never. You never yeah, look like true. a mother. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. That's true. Mm, That's and true. you are being just, just this different person. For me, it's the way you went and got jobs in this amazing organization. And I'm just thinking, oh my god, then it's beauty and brains combined. And I'm just saying, I totally, I have a totally different story, yeah, of you, yeah. if only you the, had, the one you I know, have myself. Yeah. yeah, that's true, that's true. And I hear people say that, but we need to normalize that those conversations are important. They we don't tell each other, we we'll say that when you die. We'll, we'll say that about you when you can't hear yeah. them. We say give people yeah. their flowers when, yeah. they're, when they're alive. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I hear people be like, What are you talking about the same person? I'm like, that You're talking, wait, you're talking about me. <laughs> like, what? And, and that's, and that's why even, even, even in work, even in work situations, yeah. sometimes I hear somebody say something and I'm like, Oh, oh, I actually did that. Like, we don't give. You, you don't give yourself credit mm-hmm. and, and for me that has always also, been a thing yeah, I almost, I those... downplay mm, some of the things when you hear someone say it, I'm like oh, oh okay, yeah. but even then my if, if, if I'm driven by wanting to unconsciously yeah. to create that kind of impression on you, then I will never see, I will never know when I've actually achieved it, because mm-hmm. my desire is always gonna be, and then I'm not the, saying next, it, and the next one, yeah. and the next one, and yeah. the next one. I don't see it. So 
and I'm not saying it back to you. We are not those people yeah, who are we just, don't validate each other. Yeah, we're just like you do you. So what I've taken out and I really like the issue of uh, counseling, therapy is very important. I like the fact that there was space for medication for six weeks, those things that I, I didn't know I've learned. And how now you're using your story to impact young girls, how you're talking about them, and how you're the in-between between the systems, the society, what's lacking in our society, and what's not working. Of course, our system is lost. Yeah. But it's wow. not all lost from a system perspective. I, I think... <sighs> Are we doing better? I think we're getting better, honestly. Um, I mean, I sat in meetings with, with, with people sorry, at, the, at the Ministry of Health level, and you can hear. And I think COVID, because of COVID, when COVID mm-hmm. hit, and, every, and what we saw in the increase in teenage pregnancy, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. that has compelled them to be like, okay, we have a problem, and we need to fix the problem. So now they are a lot more open to looking at what's the data telling us. Why are these young girls making this kind of decisions? What is missing in the system and within, and how can we address it from a policy perspective? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm glad that that work is going on um, because it would really, really be a game changer. And being able to have, to call it as it is, don't, we've, we've traditionally hidden our heads in the sun, we're like, we don't have a problem, yeah. we don't play it. Yeah. And COVID showed us. Yeah. Eh? We, we are we are messed up. There is a problem. We are messed up, yeah. especially yeah, from the family setup. It's it's incest. It's a lot of yeah. incest, rape, yeah. uh, molestation, Parental and those are the things. Yes, well. we are we Even are not talking about it. Themselves. It's in Africa, and the same in the same breath you're asking kids why are they pregnant. You're asking girls uh, why were you shocked when you learned that you were pregnant. The lack of comprehensive sex education, the media, the role media plays is a lot nowadays. Yeah. The kids are empowered from left, right, and center. And we are not there as parents to say, uh, we are not putting in our voice. There's no sex education for more. There's not. Yeah, we have to do this differently as parents. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and we, so I had that conversation with my daughter at a very early age. Yeah. So, and I can say, for where she's at right now, yeah. she knows she has all the information yeah. to make an informed decision. Mm. We can't police our children, mm. especially mm. now. Like, why is it done? So no. mm. But I know I will set her out in the world with the tools she needs to be a responsible young woman mm. and to make an informed decision should she decide, you know. And we need to do that for our children. Mm. We, we need to be the things that our parents did share with us. We need to share with our children. And even, yeah, and asking, making it a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And and regular. Yeah. It's not just touch and go. Yeah. Like I am. And you know that. As guys used to be told, sex is bad. You have sex, you're gonna get pregnant. Find moments when you're spending time with your kids to talk about. And do not say, do not sit them down and say, today we are going to talk about sex. No. In everyday conversation, um, it could be because you've seen something and you're like, so let me ask you, what are your thoughts on one, two, three? Mm. And let them be the ones to speak to mm. you. 
let them tell you what they know what and they what they understand. Know. If you find that some of the some of the information that they have is incorrect, guide them towards the correct kind of thing to maybe give them the right information. But let them drive the conversation. That's the only way. They, when they know they're they're having a problem, they'll be like, I need to speak to mom or dad about it because this is difficult. And mom and dad have created an environment for me where we can talk about these things. So make it conversational. You could be doing everyday things, you know, just driving or something, and you know, either you hear something on a song or a lyric, and you're like, so what do you think that means, you know? Young, young people, especially adolescents, are a lot more responsive in that setting. Yeah. They're like, oh, mom was talking to me about sex. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all, uh, you yeah. know, ugly. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm afraid the problem we have, we are very, we are woke. We are woke. We are all very woke. Yeah. But going down to that, to the doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we know we need I'm to. I'm afraid. Do it. Yeah. So what are you afraid of? You want your child to make another to make a mistake? Mm. You know, deal with it. Oh, yeah. Why are you uncomfortable yeah. having a conversation about sex with your child? Yeah. What is the issue? Because you are the problem. You are the problem. You have the problem. And <laughs> if you don't deal with it, you're passing it on. <laughs> pass on and you'll find at you'll find yourself a grandmother. Let me tell you, at, I was so afraid of getting children who are girls. And guess what? I have two girls. girls. <laughs> yeah. Why? But why were you afraid? Because of my experiences, my childhood traumas, and blah blah blah. I, mean, I, I don't know. Just, I, I just, I just knew. Okay, I don't mind getting kids, but let them not be girls. Because I always felt like I do not know how to protect. I wouldn't know how to even protect yeah. a, a girl child. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just telling the person I was talking yesterday I was actually talking to her something psychologist and I was just telling her I'm a parent. I'm the parents we are talking about. Like it hasn't hit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I've started being cool people. Yeah. I am the parent of two girls who are gonna be young women yeah. in a, in the blink of an eye. Time flies so fast. We need to start doing the work. I feel like oh, I miss, just, you know, then I'm like, yeah. I, miss, I feel like I miss so many things. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I, so what I'd encourage, especially young parents, yeah. to make just the most moments. Make the most, make, make the most of that time that you have with these children because like, mine is out so of the nest. Like, is she ever going to come back home? We're looking for money. Yeah, we're busy and looking for money. To, and and trying to give them which are and that's what I'm them, doing, right? We want to give our children better lives than we had. Imagine that that's better life. That eh? better life can, does not is not even necessarily financial. And it's not the things that we are really chasing after. I just feel like we need a complete change, a societal mind shift, where we just, you know, if it's a job like you've been saying, if it's a job that's not working for you and your young family, Achan and I. If that's what it takes, yeah. you know, you know, you know. I think 
have it, it might sound very simplistic yes but if we all lived our purpose like if the thing the the one the thing that you wake up in the morning and you're like today this is what I'm going to do and mm-hmm. you can't wait mm-hmm. to get it done that's what you should be doing but we 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 want to we want to live in westlands we want to live where yeah and that comes at a cost right so you're going to be in a dead end job that you don't dead end job that yeah. you don't like yeah. but it's it's making you money <coughs> so that you can live in westlands and then the cycle continues mm-hmm. now imagine if you did you lived your purpose like one and and unfortunately people live their entire lives without realizing their purpose you know if you can crack what your purpose is why did god put you on this earth figure that out right can i make money from it you know yeah. can that be yeah. my livelihood mm-hmm. can it provide me an opportunity to live my purpose but at the same time also pay the bills or whatever that change we're talking about have you seen this post this series that has been going on of a mother in the mother or a mother in the womb it's yeah. very close to my heart because yeah anyway yeah so we actually let me just because at the end of the day let me just finish that comment some of us are where we are and we didn't know we wanted to be there like we just got there So you be just woken up like woo mother of two yeah. <laughs> Where do I start from I'm a, I am a mother Yeah and we were just going through the motions and what society was expecting of us we finished school we got a job we got married we got kids yes. and now, now we're, we're here the, now we're raising them Yeah yeah and mother and the woman is very shout out to Amina Yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so we need that oh, wow. so I, I, I see what she oh, yeah, she's, she's doing, doing and what she wants to achieve mm-hmm. through that and mm-hmm. it's amazing mm-hmm. because those difficult conversations we need to start having but but unfortunately now there are people who always look at it from the lens of this is, these are just feminists you know no these are our feelings and our lives yeah. we are just putting them we are just talking we're just putting them into words yeah. we're just processing our situations and so i was just thinking about all those things and i'm now the question is where do we start where do you start you know processing where do you start understanding and 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 you know realizing or discovering your purpose if you're a parent then how do you start you know that intentionality uh if it's that job that's taking you away from your children if it's the job that's taking you even marriages are not working because everyone is just like this and the competition and what have you so we we have to wake up and do better yeah we we've got to yeah and i i wish all women can go to the basement that exercise mm. of going to the basement yeah it is so liberating mm. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and being like who am I? Mm-hmm. And who I am is how do I speak? How do I behave? Why do I behave that way? What in my environment would I say is my trigger? Mm-hmm. Is it external? Is it internal? Mm-hmm. 
if we can all go to the basement as women and be very honest with ourselves then we realize what you need to do this other side on the flip side which is a whole different dynamic we can do that clarity clarity of purpose and clarity knowing who you are is the first step change imagine if all of us as women did it yeah. you know yeah. it, it, it's liberating mm. and encourage i'd encourage you mm. to go down to the basement wow i love that journey i love that i really love that thank you thank you so much for coming here thank and you just, for having me oh my god i feel like i've learned so much i hope thank you do have a good one thank you so much for listening let's keep talking on the socials kindly guys comment uh tell us what you thought what you've taken away like share 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 it is always a pleasure to have hosted you thank you for listening follow us on the socials Instagram and Twitter at be different ke at i am nekesa Facebook is nekesa oching let's keep talking